Hello to our listeners and welcome to TNT ESQ. Along with my co-host, Reese Thomas, I'm Teresa Quinlan. We make up TNT. For those of you that don't know, it's our name, Thomas and Teresa. We're here to explode the status quo, because this series is all about talking with people who are helping us to think differently, so we can start doing differently. You know, I always say, and the book title is, walk at the level of your soul. So what does that even mean? People say, well, you have to kill the ego, shed the ego, and ignore the ego. And it's like, you're going to be in big trouble if you do that. Because the ego is part of our human. It's here to protect us. It gives us a warning. It's not wrong to listen to the warning. Okay, so welcome to another episode of uh, TNT ESQ. I'm here with my co-host, Teresa, and today... We have got the amazing Linda Vetris Nichols, who is going to uh, explore the human soul, heart to heart, ego to ego. Yeah, Linda is what you will call a clarity coach. She is an author, Times 19, which is really incredible, relationship marketing coach, vision strategy roadmap coach. And as a clarity coach, Linda's zone of genius is keeping you in yours. This is a really exciting area for us to explore together. Linda, there's this beautiful essence within the phrase, uh, the zone of your genius. And I would really like to hear how you arrived at the space where you are in a position, in a role, you're, you're walking in your life's purpose. How did you get there? My zone of genius? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Basically through pleasure. <laughs> we were in the coaching industry and then we had our Phoenix burn and, and he ended up with heart surgery. And my coach said, what, what do you want to do? And I said, I have no clue. I just know what I don't want to do. <laughs> and so then I just learned more about pleasure and stepping into pleasure. I learned that goals to me were very punishing and there was even like shame involved with goals. Even like I used to be under like to-do lists and stack of books I had to read. And I let go of everything and stepped into pleasure and having a pleasure list. And even when I'm doing something on my pleasure list, if I'm not in pleasure at the moment, then I'll just shut off my computer, take a walk or whatever. And really staying in tune with my body and my heart and what I really feel like doing in the moment. Does this experience of yours then have sort of a straight line, a crooked line, a curvy line towards writing your book and naming it Walk at the Level of Your Soul? I had figured out the soul stuff before I stepped into the pleasure stuff. My vision is more of like, what, I, what do I want to really be doing in the moment? And that has led me to my memoir, which I'm writing this year, which will actually be my 20th book. I'm a book in 30 days coach. I have a unique process where we actually record and transcribe and the books get done very quickly. And I get people to the level of their soul in that process and people don't really know what they just said. It's beautiful and it's really fun to tell a client, go read your book <laughs> because they're starting to spin. It's good for them to just go read their own message, read their own story. 
I'm like smiling from the inside out here because there have been moments when individuals have said back to me, can you repeat that? And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening to myself. <laughs> I was just talking, hoping there might be some nugget in there for you. Yeah, right. That's, that's such a brilliant way of transforming individual stories into something that they get to hear back as well, to hear the wisdom of, of their own selves because perhaps we overlook quite a lot of that for our own learning Mm -hmm. like everything how many times have we heard the phrase everything you need is within you and yet most of the time we're not even listening to ourselves no we're not Dorothy (laughs) that's really awesome walk at the level of your soul is the title of one of your books what does that mean yeah that's kind of like what you know, in my awakenings, if you will, put together, I work with a lot of trauma victims and, and, and even healers too. It's kind of notorious to be floating around outside your body. And so to get people in their body and get people grounded was very important in order to be able to work with them. And so one of the things I got figured out is to just reach your arm out in front of you and make a fist and then pull it into your abdomen, like your second chakra, if you will. Close your eyes, go down deep with like two, three belly breaths and just get blank. And when I get somebody there, that is where I can easily connect soul to soul with them. And for some, I have the, like the voice to their soul. And people go, oh, you're right, you're right. And it's like, well, in that case, I'm always going to be right because that's your soul talking. (laughs) So that's been really fun. And the soul, I say the soul works in onesies. Like, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. There's no chaos at the level of the soul. The ego will cause plenty of chaos. And people will say, well, you need to shed the ego or kill the ego. And it's like, you know what, if you're trying to get rid of your ego, you're going to be in big trouble. First of all, it's your human (laughs) part. And it's there for a reason. It's there to warn you. It's important to listen. It's also important to say thank you. And then make your own decisions from your heart. Use your soul for counsel and your brain for storage. And I always say temporary storage. That's great. No, I love that. I mean, two things, a small question cups up and then I'll, I'll dive into the proper question. You described the way that you help your clients write your books. I'm interested to know if maybe someone has done that same technique on yourself to help you write one of your many books. My coach pulled that on me one day, yes. <laughs> Thank you. So the real question I wanted to ask um, is your book title has a subheadings and it's about the difference between heart to heart and ego to ego. Can you give us a bit of an explanation about where that came from? You've explained the soul as a title, where, where you did that work first, and then you talked about the pleasure work. Where does the um, heart to heart and the ego to ego work come fit in? Well, heart to heart, ego to ego was <laughs> Teresa's idea of talking about what does that look like when we're like ego to ego, or what does that look like when we're heart to heart or heart to ego? And I was like, ooh, intriguing. Let's do it. Let's talk yeah. about it. When you're in ego, it's a one-up, yeah, right? Um, We're not safe at that 
space where we're just really in our egos, it's combative almost. And the education of it, even psychologists, psychiatrists, counselors, doctors, their academia, you know, is all about ego. And it's like, you don't believe anything until it's like 50 million times proven over and over. And the trouble in the holistic world is in the holistic world, a lot of times there is no placebo to be had. You know, that's a great description of ego to ego is like academia, if you will. Does that make sense? Yeah. Where you're just throwing it out there and then somebody one-ups you and it's all proof, proof, proof. Yeah, I think we can all relate to times when we have been in a battle of the egos. Some people prefer to call it a battle of the wits, but it really Mm -hmm. our our ego coming to the surface and needing that validation of our worth, of our value. If we have the wherewithal afterwards to recognize that really didn't make me feel very good to do that. Yes, ma'am. Like I regret it or... I feel badly about it. I'm not really sure why I feel badly about it, but something's telling me that I perhaps should be feeling badly about it. Well, not when you're in your ego, when you're in your heart, sure. <laughs> yes. You're not going to get that sense in your ego. No, no. This, this can sometimes be the distance from events is people might go through that sort of cycle. People in it who are heart driven and for a moment sort of default to their ego perhaps feel it during the event. Others may feel it somewhat afterwards when they've got time and space from it. Others may never experience it at all. Mm -hmm. What do you think is perhaps one of those limiting factors to people not ever understanding it's their ego and that it's not that it's a bad thing, but they're using it in a non-productive way. They're going to be quite stuck in their feelings and they're going to be quite stuck in um, sometimes even depression. They're going to feel like the world's out to get me. They're not in safety. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. It's one thing to be safe. It's a whole other thing to feel safe. When you're identifying this as one of the parts of someone's whole, how do you go about helping people who can't see it get unstuck? I usually stay away from them. <laughs> oh, like that element of they're not ready. You know, it's not my world. It, it's not the world I care to walk in. Their vibration is 500 and lower. And when I get around people in that vibration, it just feels so predatorial to me. Mm-hmm. So only glow. He was super helpful to me. So he said, it's like people are in different chapters within a book. And just because you're ahead of them in the book, you're ahead of them in a chapter, it doesn't make them right or wrong or whatever. Then I got to thinking, yeah, and our vibrations change. We're all on a spiral of development and the spiral goes both directions. Holding space for the fact that, okay, that's where this person is but also holding space for myself is I don't have to participate. I don't have to hate them. I don't have to unfriend them. I can if I want, but not out of ego, not out of fear, not out of spite. It's just like, okay, they're not getting the message and I'm being as gentle as I muster. I had somebody come in on LinkedIn that is a bit of a creepster and I just held space and It was like, okay, this isn't getting any better. And I just said, you know, I'm disconnecting the connection. You don't have to get into drama. That's the best part about it. 
Yeah, that's when you, you choose to remain within heart while someone remains in ego. And, and sometimes you, you can cross that chasm and help someone to tap into their heart side a little bit. And sometimes you are not able to because they're not ready or willing for it. And so you make the choice. Well, you know what the most beautiful thing about humans first, just watching the transformation of people who are being fed love. And so it's not surprising to me that you brought this up, Teresa, like what's ego to ego, what's heart to heart, what's ego to heart. And ego to heart or heart to ego, however you want to say it, mm -hmm. is clearly seen in humans first with the newbies. And through that love, they just shift right out. It, it has been phenomenal to watch the transformations. Yeah. So you talk about the transformation, you talk about the transition between the two, but when we questioned you on like, how would you help someone go from ego to heart, you were like, oh, I don't know, I don't know if I can yeah. do that, it's not really my thing. Yeah. Is that not the kind of thing that you and Terry do? Is it not about like raising the vibrations of someone to help them get over something that's keeping them stuck at that level, whether you call it ego, whether you call it trapped in a mind loop of whatever it is they experience? How do you cross those? How do you make that connection? In the book, let's just use the book, shall we? How do you get from ego to ego to heart to heart? Or they're just completely separate chapters. There's no, there's no connecting. <laughs> One of the things that will raise somebody's vibration is being open to the understanding that there are these lies we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. There's stories, there's drama, there's about the movie player, right? And getting logic over into the movie player is huge. And, and one of the exercises for that is think of a wire coming out of the right side of your brain and a wire coming out of the left side of your brain. And then those wires crossing, they cross when you put your hand over your forehead. So when someone's really upset, what do they do? They do this. They're getting logic over into emotion. And if it's really bad news, they'll probably grab their gut because like we have three brains, our heart, our gut, our head. So they'll grab their gut too. And then if it's super, super bad news, they most likely their knees will buckle and they'll crumble to the floor. One of the things is getting off the merry-ground, getting out of the emotions going off and feeling so out of control is getting logic over into emotion. I am so going to start paying attention to that now that I have this nugget of wisdom that when someone touches their head, and when you said that, I immediately went to the last time I got angry. I don't think well when I'm angry. So when I have a heightened sense of that emotion, I grab my head. Oh, show <laughs> me how. I grab with fingertips. Okay. Yep. Around like the crown of my head and I close my eyes and I place my thumbs on my cheeks and sometimes I will squeeze and the harder I squeeze, the more I'm trying to get myself to be able to think from the capacity of heart and love and empathy from the other person's perspective. And sometimes mm. it's very difficult to do mm -hmm. when my anger is really high. And right. when people often ask, well, what's a strategy to help you come back from anger? I'm like, oh, I never thought about this is actually a strategy. I never connected that this is a strategy for me because I didn't know that that is an essence of how you mechanically or physiologically do that. Now I can add another strategy of like, this is an explained strategy. Mm -hmm. I used to talk a lot more about just giving yourself time. 
And this was giving me the time I needed to be able to bring a little bit more intelligence to the, or a little bit more of the heart wisdom to the logic. Well, I love it how you showed me because if that's exactly how you're doing it, what you did is you took your pinky fingers and placed them on your third eye. I did. You did, which is really cool. So now we have a new move. <laughs> I, I like what you did there, Linda, when you, when you described it and Teresa then did a different um, technique. What was obvious to me was that there was no connection between the left and the right. Like I know people talk about the left and the right and you know, this is the emotional side, this is the logical side. Teresa's like battling, like this is a, a contest between both sides. <laughs> Whereas you were like, if you just connect them both, and bring it back all into balance, it might have that same physiological effect to counteract the heightened amygdala emotional yeah. response. One of the things that you've mentioned is really important for us to do is when we start to acknowledge our ego and start to perhaps acknowledge the benefits of our ego, there is that element of reconnection to our body. Because if we're not paying attention to our ego in a good way, how will we know that, Linda? What should we be paying attention to to kind of go, uh-oh, not paying attention to my ego? The answer is popping for me is, is that thanking the ego and being aware of what it is and what it's about. The ego thinks in the future. And if you don't listen, it starts to bring up the fear. So we, we talked a lot about ego and I don't want to give it too much um, emphasis, naturally. Let's talk about the heart. You said earlier that the ego thinks about the future and it made me think, well, obviously then the heart must think about the present. Is that right? Oh, that's a good one. Um, certainly at the level of the soul, you're very much in the now. The pain body is like all those wicked memories from the past, right? That caused us pain. And it's also ancestral. Like, wait a minute, this isn't even mine. Is the pain body also something we need, like the ego, or is it something we can get rid of totally? You know, there's people that have argued that with me, and they're the ones who have been through a lot of trauma, and basically the idea is they're going to transcend it, you know, and they're just going to empty it out, and they're going through screaming fits and cold sweats and like all this stuff, and you can let those things come up from a place of healthy detachment, the level of the soul, you're just never going to be done. And for what I've noticed, it's part of behavioral addiction to do that. And it's just like cutting. And a lot of them have had that in their past. And now it's kind of their new way to do cutting. Your life experiences have been yours for your life experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we were intended to all experience life the same way, that would be well interesting. We also have different reactions. Like the same yeah. thing can happen to your sister and and you at the same time from yes. the same person yep. and you took it one way and she took it another and it's going to haunt you, you know, and it didn't even bother her in the first place. It's yep. how we take it in and react to it. And then like when it's a trauma, we wall it off. We can wall it off. We can. Yes. Yes, that's so true because we took it on as a trauma to us mm -hmm. and we wall it off. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's severe enough, we will wall it off. There's so many elements and so many variables that come into play when we're talking about how do we interpret the world around us and then how do we use that as we step forward. 
I love this element of us focusing perhaps even a couple of minutes on what it's like to be heart to heart with another human being. Each of us gets to do that because we generate from our heart and we are filling our tribe with others who also generate from our hearts. So just from your own personal experience, Linda, what's the benefit for you from connecting and living heart to heart? When we're on the phone, I, I mean, I literally saw that play out, talking to someone on the phone and then going and, and meeting her for, for the first time. And she was actually standing in the line, so we were able to like observe her before you know we sat down with her. And it was like, this is like a completely different person. So we saw it like in the extreme. We were taught that by coaches and it's like, it is so true. And so when we're on the phone, we're actually, we're heart to heart. And yet when you connect soul to soul, um, and I do prefer to connect with people from that level. And that heart to heart is very much seen in, like we talked about already in the human's first meetings, even if somebody goes to ego, speaking not from facts. Heart to heart is very much connecting via the human experience because the heart is, the, is human. Ego is part of human. The soul is part of any. We are here to experience the experience. The soul is here to experience the experience. You're not making decisions at the soul level. That's the human. You get to make your choices from your heart as a human. So mm -hmm. is it possible to have that immediate soul to soul connection or do you need to go through the progression of maybe ego to ego, heart to heart, and then final evolution to soul to soul? Most likely that would be sort of an initial human connection because it's about it's like it's a about trust. Point. Yes, that's what I was going to say. It's the quote unquote safe way to get there is to kind right. of do that. But people yeah. who are already sort of past that surface, individuals who are past that surface in their, in, in their own lives can potentially see other people that are past that as well and sort of leap to yes. it a lot faster. Yes. Even the way you guys just run how you connect with people, you know, setting up the interviews and stuff, you know, you're just you're very much kind of that soul to soul and not intense on like, how are we doing it? How are we connecting? How this, how that? You're like, you guys know that the how comes. Yeah, because there's like, there's the expression, love at first sight. So you have that heart to heart connection instantly. But then I know personally that I also have had a soul to soul connection instantly. People mm -hmm. I met and I'm just like, yep, I know I need to speak to that person. We like to do this hashtag not anymore, Linda, which provides our listeners with an opportunity to be able to say, I'm going to stop doing this and I'm going to start doing this. So you mentioned something really lovely early on. There is no chaos at the level of the soul. Ooh, thank you. Yeah, I love that so much. What's one thing that you would recommend or give to our audience as an exercise or a practice, maybe something simple that they could start doing today to sort of leap into getting to the level of their soul. Realizing your freedom, which is you don't have to do anything. You get to. Life is a privilege. Life is a choice. Everything is a choice. That's beautiful, thank you. 
And so for all of our listeners who want to get in touch with you, of course, they can get in touch with you on LinkedIn, but how else? I'm also on Facebook. And my website is my name, Linda Vetris and the hyphen Nichols.com. And there's some really enjoyable videos there. If you scroll down to the bottom, it's the Women of Enlightenment Award winners. And um, they're really beautiful interviews. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. We'll make sure we put that in the notes for the podcast as well. Make it easy for our audience to grab. Listen, we go from one topic to something entirely different. A rapid fire Q&A. Ten statements. Here it comes. (laughs) Interpret them as suits you best. Look into your soul for the answer. Look into your soul, yeah. (laughs) That's fun. Are you ready? Number one, manager or leader? Leader. Active or reactive? Active. Black and white or gray? Mm, Gray. Optimist or realist? Optimist. Canada or England? (laughs) Canada. It's closer to Minnesota, don't you know? Don't you know? (laughs) Although I love the accent. (laughs) And (laughs) Reese. Number six, heart or head? Ooh. Empathy or assertiveness? Mm, Assertiveness. (laughs) Introvert or extrovert? Uh, Definitely I am an introvert. Logical or emotional? Logical. Innovation or process? I'd say innovation. Thank you so much for bringing your soul and sharing the genius of your purpose. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. I love what you guys chat about with others. And it's really nice to feel like, oh, I've come home. I've found my people, you know, it's my tribe. And not just my tribe, my extended tribe in in all kinds of different areas. I I really appreciate you talking us through some of your processes. The book that we kind of built this uh, episode around is really inspiring to me and uh, you know encourage everyone to, to reach out and connect with you and also read some of your books we love to hear all of your feedback here on tnt esq so if you've enjoyed this show you've learned something you've been inspired please share it with your friends, please rate the show, please write a review on whichever podcast uh, platform you enjoyed it on to help us spread the word, help more people think differently and more people start doing differently. Thank you.